Is a 6% decline believable? I'm afraid to say it is, because effectively we are closing the economy. Welcome to the Wealth Experience podcast series where our subject matter experts provide the latest updates on what's happening in the world around us. Brought to you by BMO Private Wealth. Hello and welcome everyone. This is Sylvain Rizbois, Senior Vice President and National Sales Manager, BMO Private Wealth. Today I'm here with Doug Porter, Chief Economist, BMO Economic Research. Doug, welcome and uh, let's jump right in in the spirit of brevity. You're a seasoned professional, but like all of us, I don't think you've seen the likes of what we're experiencing right now. That said, uh, your insight will certainly help us uh, broaden our perspective. And I'd like to start with the question on the parallel. Most people are trying to draw a parallel to the past. As some have said, this is like 2001. Some have said it's 2008. Uh, is it different this time? And can you provide some of your thoughts on that? Well, I know it's dangerous to say that, but it's uh, definitely different this time. I think in some ways it's it's almost a little bit of every crisis we faced in the last 20 or 25 years rolled in one in the space of just a few short weeks. It's got parallels to a lot of the uh, the past crises, but you know, I, I think in terms of the kind of damage it's going to hit to the economy, at least over the short term, is akin to what we went through in 2008, 2009, and the suddenness of it is a little bit more like uh, 2001, I would uh, suggest. But it's it's true. I've, I must say I've never seen anything quite like what we're going through, whether it's uh, for the economy as a whole or, or even in financial markets. Very good. Well, thank you for that. At the risk of, of sounding obvious, the stock market has been hit hard. The Dow, as we record this, the Dow's down about 37%. Toronto's down about 37% as well. That's not news to anybody, but typically, uh, I would say the markets lead the economy. Is that what you expect again? And, and if so, what's in store for economic numbers here coming to us uh, pretty soon? Oh, definitely so. The markets will turn long before the economy turns. And I, and I think we actually can look back at the 2008-2009 episode as, as a reasonably good guide. And I, I, I don't want to say that one was typical, but I think that does act as a bit of a rough guide. And keep in mind, in, in that episode, long-term bond yields actually bottomed out more than six months before the economy bottomed out. And then the equity market hit bottomed famously in March 2009, and that was more than three months before the economy began to turn around. And, you know, there were still some terrible, terrible headlines on the economy, even as bond yields were starting to rise and then stocks began to rise. And, you know, of course, you had the naysayers every step of the way uh, through through 2009 saying, you know, we were going to get a double dip or, you know, the market was way too early. But, in fact, the, the market did an excellent job of basically forecasting that, that turnaround in the economy. And I think we're going to see that uh, this time as well. I would point out that long-term bond yields actually hit their lows, or at least the lows that we've seen, uh, two weeks ago and uh, and started backing up. And you know, they've had a bit of a bouncing around since that point. But it does look like we may have already put in the lows in terms of yields. Now, it's of course, it's way too early to talk about you know the equity market putting in the bottom or to draw any conclusions there. But when it does start to turn, even though we know the economic numbers are going to look pretty dreadful for a spell, I think that'll be a very important message that uh, that the market's sending to us. In terms of some of the economic indicators, uh, you know, I me- mentioned on the first question, this is like nothing. I've seen the speed with which uh, uh, not just the U.S. and Canadian economy, but the global economy are are running into a wall here is uh, is, is the likes of which we've we've rarely seen. I actually looked around today at uh, you know different modern day examples of economies that have gone through a so-called hard stop and been hit with something very suddenly like this. And sort of the best examples I could point to 
uh, were Mexico during the peso crisis in 1995 or Korea during the Asian crisis in 1998. And both of those economies saw GDP declines of over 25% in the single quarter at an annual rate. And then they began to turn around quite quickly, especially Korea in, uh, in 1998. So, you know, even, even though we're going to get some shockingly bad economic numbers in the weeks and months ahead, uh, that does not mean that the economy can't turn around r- relatively quickly in the second half. And I continue to believe that that is what we're going to see, a very hard hit through the, uh, the spring months, and then we're going to see a recovery through the, uh, the second half of the year. Uh, now, of course, the trick is, is you know, putting a number on that, you know, exactly how far will the economy fall in the second quarter and how soon will it begin to turn around. That's the, uh, that's the tough part. Well, let me put you on the spot. We're talking forecast here, and, and I'm going to ask uh, – an unfair question, and, and maybe perhaps get you to comment on some of these um, uh, forecasts that are floating around. In the, some of the big U.S. Uh, firms are talking a 24% hit in Q2 to the economy. Others are going as high as 30% hit uh, to GDP. What do you make of all of this, and can you put that into perspective? Those seem like pretty high numbers. They they are very big numbers, but I I must say they they are, they are believable. It it can happen quite quite easily. Um, well, I shouldn't say easily, but uh, th- th- there's quite a realistic scenario where you can get to those kind of numbers. And, you know, just as a little bit of perspective, in the last 60 or 70 years, going back to, say, let's say 1950, the biggest single decline in the U.S. economy in any quarter was in 1958, and it fell at a 10% annual rate. And, you know, as, a, as you said, some of the U.S. shops are, are talking about something potentially three times that large. Now, the one thing I would just remind everyone is when they talk about those kind of numbers, you know, 25, 30%, they're talking about at an annual rate. So let's, let's look at, say, the 24% decline that one uh, shop was talking about. That would mean effectively what they're saying is, is output will drop by about 6% in, in the second quarter, and then they're annualizing it to rough, roughly four times that uh, to get to that uh, 24% decline. Is a 6% decline believable? I, I'm afraid to say it is. Uh, because effectively we are closing the economy for a number of weeks here. And when you think about it, each and every week is about 2% of the year. So if you close the economy for two or three weeks, then, yes, you're talking about a 6% hit. Now, some of it can be recovered, but some will be lost forever. You know, when you think about restaurant meals or going out to a show or something like that or a vacation, uh, you can't, can't get those back. So, you know, some of, some of these numbers are realistic. They really do depend heavily on your assumption of how long the shutdown lasts. And that's really the key to watch here. You know, does this full stop in the economy last two or three weeks or does it last two or three months? And that's going to be the difference between whether we get a 10% decline in the second quarter or a 30, 40% uh, decline in, in the second quarter at, uh, at annual rates. But I would hasten to add, that no matter how bad it is in the second quarter, I fully believe that we're going to get a lot of it reversed in the, in the third quarter because, the, you know, when you think about the economy is basically being closed for the month of April, that's about as low as it's going to get. And just the arithmetic tells you that the, uh, the third quarter will be better than the second quarter. Interesting. Well, I love the way you put it so simply to say every week is about 2%. I'm not sure that many people have thought about it. Uh, in that perspective, so uh, thank you for that uh, that comparison. Now, if you're uh, if a government is wanting to slow down the effects of a recession, uh, they have to step up. They have to cut rates. Uh, we've seen the G7. I think they've acted uh, in, in a relative coordinated fashion on on rate cuts, and and they're they're throwing billions 
at, and trillions at this? Are they doing the right thing? Are they, are they doing enough in your mind? Um, they're definitely doing the right thing. I think in terms of uh, fiscal stimulus, um, we, we're just cracking open the door now. You know, as, as we speak, actually, uh, Congress is still trying to hash out a, a program, but uh, they're, they're talking over a trillion dollars. Uh, this past weekend, there was, there was talk it might even be upsized uh, to $2 trillion. Now, just to put it in perspective, uh, $1 trillion is about 5% of the U.S. economy. That is very substantial. It's in line with what we saw back in, uh, in 2009. I think it's enough. I, I don't think it would hurt to do a little bit more than enough at this point, just to make sure the economy slingshots back in the second half of the year. Uh, by the way, I wouldn't, I would not call it stimulus. I would, uh, I would call it support. Um, you know, really this is, this is just offsetting, uh, the losses that we're going to have as a result of, uh, the closures and, and the shutdowns. Uh, that we're going to go through uh, through in the spring, but you know the size of uh, of the support measures that they're talking about, I think, really will almost guarantee that we do get a recovery in the second half of the year. Whether it's going to be a a full 100% recovery is is still up in the air to some extent. But I, I wouldn't be shocked at the end of the day if uh, governments around the world have to offer something on the order of almost 10% of uh, GDP to uh, to offset. Uh, the damage of the closures. Again, it really does depend on how long they uh, last and, you know, how, how deep they uh, they go. But if if we bring it back to Canada, um, the package that's uh, likely to be approved by Parliament on, uh, on Tuesday uh, that was released last week, uh, the direct measures there were about $27 billion. That's a little bit more than 1% of our economy. Uh, that's a nice opening bid, but I, I suspect Ottawa is ultimately going to have to do much, much more than that. Um, really, all that does is help support workers who can't get EI otherwise. But I, I do believe that uh, ultimately Ottawa is, is going to have to do much, uh, much more than that. On the mon- monetary policy front, of course, the Bank of Canada hasn't even got its rates down to the crisis lows yet. They're uh, they're actually one of the only holdouts out there. We are expecting another 50 basis point cut from uh, the Bank of Canada. Frankly, I'm a little bit surprised they haven't done it already. But uh, besides the rate cuts, we, we've seen very aggressive action, by, uh, especially by the Fed, essentially being the, uh, the, not, not just the, the bank of last resort, but the bank uh, for the economy at, uh, at this point. And I think really uh, the Fed is, has just about done everything that they, uh, they can do. I think it's real added interesting. And so they're, they're certainly trying to combat economic slowdown. Can we, is a recession inevitable then? And, and dare we say, uh, the big uh, D word depression. I think you've covered that. That you're you're not necessarily in that camp, but some folks are are flirting with the idea. So uh, comments on on recession and depression, if you may. It's very tough to label this one because it is such an unusual uh, beast. Uh, you know, essentially it was mandated by uh, by governments. You know, it was basically outside forces affecting uh, markets and the economy, not uh, not the other way around. Te- you know, just even from a technical standpoint, because the shutdowns begin in March, it looks like. Uh, the first quarter will end up being negative, and this in the second quarter, as I said at length, will will be brutal. So by by definition, it, it will be a recession at the very least. But to me, a depression is something that uh, that lasts a, a long period of time, and that one is still very much an open question. As I suggested in my earlier comments, uh, we do think the the wave of uh, stimulus that uh, or support that will hit the economy in the second half of the year, and just people getting back to work, hopefully uh, through uh, through the summer months and into the fall. Uh, we think we'll, uh, we'll avert uh, something with that master than a recession. Very good. Well, thank you so much, uh, Doug. The world is, is certainly a different place, and we, uh, as we settle into this new normal, I think we appreciate having 
expertise such as yours to, to help us through these uh, trying times. We appreciate the time and look forward to uh, staying connected. I think as far as the advisors, listening to your good counsel and, and transmitting that to our clients was, will remain our top priority. To uh, the listeners, please ask questions and share your thoughts with your advisor. The more we communicate, I would say, in, in times like this, the better the outcome. So above all, stay well, take good care of yourselves. And, and again, thank you, Doug, for joining us this afternoon. Thank you. This podcast series has been brought to you by BMO Private Wealth. Please join us again.